Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, July 8th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, immigrants living in the U.S. without legal status are often uninsured. Those who have a mental illness are especially at risk for getting into legal trouble and deportation. If he gets deported, he'll practically be lost in Mexico because he doesn't know Mexico. Reporter Christine Herman explores the challenges facing undocumented immigrants getting help for a mental illness. First, the news. St. Louis County is set to spend more than $650,000 on upgrades to technology. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, the requested appropriations include money to help the county get up and running again in case of a disaster. In recent years, Baltimore, Atlanta, and several cities in Florida have been hit with cyber attacks that have crippled their systems. St. Louis County's Chief Information Officer, Rick Noli, says the county currently backs up its systems to external drives and then stores those drives in a vault. He's requested $113,000 to shift the backup system to the cloud instead. So if we get locked, if we get a disaster, we can start rebuilding systems in hours and days rather than days and weeks it would take to go and grab the tapes and physically go and, and connect the tapes up to drives and get them into computers. Noli has also asked the county council for money to restart the IT help desk for county employees and to upgrade the county's website and mobile app. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Congress could soon consider making Cahokia Mounds in Collinsville part of a new national park. Conservationists with Heartlands Conservancy have asked Metro East members of Congress to create a Mississippian Culture National Historic Park. It would include Cahokia Mounds, plus ancient mounds in St. Clair and Madison counties, and Sugarloaf Mound in St. Louis. The Conservancy's Ed Weilbacher says the plan has bipartisan support. We've reached out to both sides of the aisle to make sure that everybody understands the significance of this site and that it really does not fall on any one party. It's something as a nation we should be doing. Cahokia Mounds protects more than 70 earthen structures built by the ancient Mississippians more than 1,000 years ago. The Missouri Department of Conservation could open two elk hunting seasons in late 2020. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the plan depends on the state's elk population reaching at least 200 by early next year. If the population grows enough, state conservation officials will designate a nine-day archery season for elk hunting, followed by a nine-day firearm season. Hunters will be allowed to only harvest bull or male elk. State deer biologist Aaron Hildreth says bull elk are becoming abundant. We have the opportunity to harvest some of those bull elk and not slow the population growth of elk in Missouri. Missouri's elk population lives mainly in Carter, Shannon, and Reynolds counties. Hunting would be allowed on public lands and some private areas that landowners have granted access to. Only Missouri residents would be allowed to enter the lottery for permits. Conservation Department officials will determine early next year how many permits will be given out. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. Undocumented immigrants face many barriers to getting help for mental illness. And without treatment, they may act out and get in trouble with the law. That can have serious consequences like deportation. 
Reporter Christine Herman tells us about one father who fears for his son's future. Jose and his wife left Mexico and moved to the U.S. with their young children nearly two decades ago. I came to give my kids a better life. In Mexico, it's hard to make enough to survive. Jose is his middle name. He asks that we protect his identity since he's undocumented, as is his now 21-year-old son, who got diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder last year. Around that time, Jose says his son started acting aggressively and talked about hearing voices. He asked us for help, but we didn't know how to help him. He'd say, Dad, I feel like I'm going crazy. Jose's son spent weeks in an inpatient psychiatric unit last year. Once, he began driving erratically, saying his car was telling him what to do. The next month, he talked about wanting to die and started walking in the middle of a busy street. But Jose says those hospitalizations didn't seem to make a difference. And at the time, his son didn't want more help. He's totally lost. He says no, that he doesn't need help, but he doesn't realize the problem he has. Jose's son agreed to talk to me, but didn't want to be recorded. He told me that last year he did meet with a therapist a few times and was taking medication he was prescribed in the hospital. He says medication helped. But without insurance, he couldn't afford $180 a month for the prescription. Back off meds, he struggled. That's a common problem for undocumented immigrants, says Carrie Chapman of the Legal Council for Health Justice in Chicago. And it's just excruciating for families and for advocates. It's an incredible crisis that a vulnerable young person with serious mental illness falls through the cracks. While undocumented children in Illinois and five other states can receive health insurance through Medicaid, they lose coverage at age 19. Chapman says that's right around when many people, like Jose's son, experience their first episode of psychosis. Andrea Kovach is a healthcare attorney at the Shriver National Center on Poverty Law in Chicago. She says four million adults living in the U.S. without legal status are uninsured and ineligible for Medicaid or insurance through the Affordable Care Act. And without treatment, their lives can spiral out of control. Time and time again, too many young adults have entered the criminal justice system for the exact reason that there just aren't mental health services ready to help them. That's what happened to Jose's son. Police were called after several violent outbursts at their home in Illinois. During the most recent incident in January, Jose's son was arrested after he broke a window and got into a fight with his brother-in-law. For an undocumented immigrant, criminal charges could mean deportation. At a court hearing in May, the judge gave Jose's son a warning. If you are not a U.S. citizen, you are hereby advised that conviction of the offense for which you have been charged may have the consequences of deportation, exclusion from admission to the United States, or denial of that. Jose's son pleaded guilty to several charges, including damage to property. He was sentenced to probation for 18 months. So as long as he stays out of trouble, he can stay out of jail. But his criminal record makes him a target for immigration officials. Jose worries about that even though his son is back on medication and seems to be doing better. If he gets deported, he'll practically be lost in Mexico because he doesn't know Mexico. I brought him here very young, and with his illness, where is he going to go? They're essentially putting him on the street. 
Advocates say the only long-term solutions include expanding Medicaid to cover everyone regardless of legal status and creating a pathway to citizenship for people like Jose's son. I'm Christine Herman, SideFX Public Media. That piece is from the Side Effects Reporting Initiative, which focuses on the impact of place, policy, and economics on American health. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.